0: In this episode, I have a quick chat with Cheryl Kuno about the recent election results. Welcome, Cheryl. How did you find Thank the election? You. Did you have fun?
1: The whole campaign or the results? Do you well, mean? both?
0: <laughs> both.
1: <laughs> oh, I found the campaign painful, utterly painful. However, it did expose what a lot of us have been saying for ages about the capture of the mainstream media in Australia, uh, and I thought even on election night that was so, um, what's the word, um, colourfully, colourfully demonstrated to the rest of Australia when we spent half the night talking, well, more than half the night talking about why the Liberals lost and very big focus on why Labor might have won and why the independents might have won. It was all about, in my in my view, there was far too much concentration on Talking to defeated Liberals. So the election outcome was fantastic, I think, for Australia. I think it's a very healthy thing to have the major parties rethinking their, um, what would you say, sense of entitlement of place in Australian politics. I think it's fantastic for women that the independents who've been elected, teal and not, are all women. I not just women though women with really specific policy platforms which resonated with Australians everywhere and I think it's fantastic for our climate policy that uh, the election turned out as it did I am sad though that I don't think Rex Patrick might get back in the Senate in South Australia and I to think That's that that might be the think that that might be one nation that um who places him as yeah is is a shame for accountability and transparency, and the you know the things that he pursued, which nobody else could be bothered to but which in the end turned out to be extremely important in exposing the way in which the Morrison liberals had eroded um not just our faith in institutions, but the institutions themselves, like stacking the AAT, for example.
0: Yeah. um, You you know the thing that I really like about the Senate? David. It looks like David Pocock's heading to the Senate. Yes, and that's a great great thing.
1: And not at the expense of Katie Gallagher, which I think is fantastic too. So what's the other thing I liked about the election? I like the fact that... um, W A. <laughs> so
0: That's okay. I, I I was just gonna say that I never actually believed that Katie Gallagher was a threat. My take on it was that they were watching people rust off and they mm. were thinking about future elections and it's harder to get voters back again once they rust mm. off. That's what that's what I was thinking. I never believed she mm. was under threat. So mm. that's all I was gonna add.
1: <laughs> I'd also add that um It's probably a healthy thing that the days of parachuting um, might be over. I know that Labor won Parramatta, but it's quite a loss to them, um, parachuting Christina Keneally into a seat that was completely unsuited to her uh, and her experiences. So there's another independent, another female independent to add to the mix there. And even if Labor has a majority in its own right, I don't think it will ignore um, consultation with with the crossbench. That would be a very foolish thing to do. My other concern would be whether the media can bring themselves to be bothered to actually write up and talk to um, the diverse crossbench that's been elected.
0: Well, they certainly ignored them coming into this.
1: Mm. You know, and, during the the
0: election. Yeah. and the Greens. And the Greens. And, I mean, look, even... Young Alex down in Wangan, how mm. well did he do? Absolutely, he got he got the extra ten percent that I predicted, which is really. Yes. Good. He, I mean, well done. Good. He's got to well get done. a really super favourable um preference flow. He's going to have yes, be really lucky. I know, but, but gosh, he might I get there. You know, like there's well, still a small slither of hope for Alex down there, Alex Dyson. Well,
1: and it just depends um, which candidates had their. Um, postal vote campaigns better organised. That's been my experience in the past.
0: Yeah, I'm also not sure about how One Nation and UAP uh, preferences will actually break because my my gut feeling is is that a lot of those people just don't like the major parties. And so mm. there might be attendance, I'm hoping, because I'd love to see Alice get up even if it is <laughs> off One Nation and UAP preferences. Um they 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 might break okay for him, hopefully, but it's a very well, very well, long shot.
1: Well, but I have read that um, despite, Clive Palmer's exhortations and fudging about the the majors, and then you know his campaign to defeat Bill uh, Bill Shorten um, that. UAP voters don't necessarily follow the how to vote card, so I think it's a there's still a wild card chance in there.
0: Yeah, no, I know, and and actually I I have read there was a study done a while ago on Victorian voters, and what they found was that the major parties and the Greens are more likely, around seventy percent, follow mm. the how to vote, and then it falls right away as soon as you start talking about independents and and minor parties. And I think we can I think I, the... I think I
1: saw forty three i think i saw forty three percent only of um of um u a p supporters yes. or voters voters I should say followed the how to vote card
0: so he he's his first thing is is mm-hmm. to um stay above labor when the greens are knocked out that's, Yes. that's that's the first task to, yes to, he's got to stay in the race yet but at least he's above them on primary votes which is the first the well first that's a task. good
1: place to be yeah that's a and good Helen, place to be at this stage
0: Helen Haynes in Indi she yes. increased her primary vote by around eight yes. percent. And well that doesn't
1: surprise me I think she's extremely competent both in the parliament and as a local community representative
0: well I, I have to tell you I, I was there obviously on, on on Saturday night and after hearing about four or five booths come in I think it was I said, this is over. She's won. She's easily back. And they were small booths, but she was winning either flipping them, booths that they hadn't won before, mm. or even if she didn't win, she was getting big swings towards yes. So, you know, like as soon as I heard that, I walked out for a cigarette.
1: <laughs> no, well, it's great to have her back in there because she's already got the experience of having been there along with Andrew Wilkie, Rebecca Sharkey, although she's... Yeah. I always have this quibble with people that she's still a member of a party. She's not, not the same independent-style independent. No, um, no
0: you're but right. But they
1: have the experience of sitting on the crossbench and, um, as, as I've said before, I really hope that Labor would pick up most of, not all, of Helen Haynes' um, um, Independent Commission against Corruption or Federal Integrity Commission, as we call it at the federal level. So... I can't see why we need to reinvent the wheel when illustrious people with the greatest expertise in the country have actually contributed so much to this bill. Um, I can't see why. we Wouldn't that just be a most magnificent thing, walk in the first week of parliament and start the debate on that? I can't think of of a more symbolic thing to do apart from the voice Uluru voice to the parliament. I mean, gosh be like Whitlam times.
0: <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I have to say, I, I thought that Anthony Albanese should have just backed her bill right from the beginning, well, you know, during the campaign. Mm. Because every time integrity came up as an issue, Morrison just turned around and said, well, Labor's got nothing. And exactly. He, he was kind of right, you
1: know. Yeah, I, he talked about a two-page thing, but yeah. yeah, he
0: was. And 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 to be um, there was a point there. Oh, I can't remember exactly when it was. It was a while back, maybe a month or two ago. And and Dreyfus um, in an interview basically indicated that they were keen on Helen's bill. And then the next hmm. morning, someone came out and hosed it all down. And about a week or about a week ago, um, Anthony Albanese said that. Um, their bill will, uh, he said words to the effect that Helen Haynes would like their bill. So I thought that was a bit of a signal to say they're basically going to go with a similar bill to Helen's. But I I agree with you because there's so much cynicism around both major parties when it comes to integrity that that just blows all that cynicism away.
1: And it's not just about um, integrity, it's about... Walking the talk about work, working with others. Yeah. Um, you no know, negotiating, consulting, discussing with others. And I think it would be just such a big, I don't know, what's the word, a big red tick for Anthony Albanese to be seen to um, start off as Prime Minister in that particular way.
0: Uh, I, I absolutely agree and it shows the parliament working as the parliament is mm. supposed to work.
1: And, and and there's no work that needs to be done on it because she's, she's had so much exposure, she's had so much um, expert input. Anyway, yeah. it would just be – I just don't like this old party – we own this. It has to be in our name. I think yeah. that's wrong, and that's not. And that's not what Australians are saying. I mean, I think that's what the election is saying. We we don't like that old kind of status quo politics.
0: Yeah, and yeah, you're right. You're right. The election kind of did say that. And well, hopefully, I mean, I think I think you're right. I think it's the party that wouldn't let Anthony Albanese just accept Helen's bill mm. as it was. Um, yeah, but uh, it's it's, it's uh we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, the one that I really like is McKellar. I was, that was the one. Oh, that, yes. That was, I was most confident, of all the Sydney seats, McKellar, I was most confident about that because.
1: Were you? That's yeah. interesting because it was under the radar more than the others.
0: Well, I thought it was set up last time and Louise Hislop mm. was also working on the campaign. You, yes. you know Louise, yes. right? And yes. I thought when the Liberals, um, kept pushing and kept pushing for that oil extraction off the coast. I thought, these people love their beach, you know. Even the the, the more conservative Absolutely. voters further up the hills. I thought, they're not going to forgive them for this. They're already angry. They're not winning them back. And that's basically what mm. happened. She won quite, mm. quite well in the end.
1: Yes, yes. So, I just – the whole thing is just – I was looking at an ABC map this morning. They were saying um, this is how the electoral map of New South Wales has changed in particular – and no liberal blue anywhere to be seen around Sydney, Northern Beaches, and um, you know Grangemouth, Sydney. All of those seats being red. It was a very different electoral map. Who would have thought that yeah. the northern? Who would not? Who would have thought the north, the North Shore suburbs <laughs> of Sydney well, would have yeah. gone and the beach? Yeah.
0: Would Even have gone went uh, well. They did absolutely. Didn't win, is that over? Uh, uh, I think it's so well. I'm counting, I'm counting of it. I'm counting it as over because mm. it's, it's. I think she's in an impossible position now. But until they started doing the preferences, I thought there was a slim chance. Mm. Um, mm. But how, how's Higgins? Now Higgins is one I didn't oh. think Labor had a chance, and I thought they reached peak peak primary vote at the last election, but. Mm. That just blew me away because that's a seat that's um, Costello's. Peter seat.
1: Costello, yeah. Peter Costello's seat.
0: <laughs> the, the, oh well,
1: it has to be healthy for politics that um, a those independents have um, energised the community sufficiently to have thousands of volunteers. I mean, that's democracy energised just to start with. And the second thing is that having them having these I don't know, intelligent, articulate, professional, in most cases working women, um, with life experiences of so much of the rest of Australia. It just has to be a good thing for parliamentary debate.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and, and a strong crossbench, my feeling is, is that a strong crossbench will give Labor a bit of a spine on some issues, especially around climate.
1: That's certainly my hope.
0: You know, um,
1: there will be some people on the right wing of Labor that will be plotting now how to stop that happening. But um, I think their chances have been
0: dimmed. Well, that's why I'm hoping for for a majority government. We're still it's still not quite there yet. I think I'm just looking at the TV. Uh, mm, no, are it's not in. there. Yeah, seventy two are locked in, but if
1: and if, i think there's two more that they're getting close to uh allocating to labor but i haven't they don't know the last
0: two yet well i, I think if 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 he can get to 76 and especially if he gets to 77 i think that gives mm. him far more authority in the party room in mm. year. so i think that's true and and what was that Very seat true. uh what was the name the 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 uh, the former Fairfield councillor, um, yeah, I Di Lee. It. Yeah, Di Lee. How's that? That that that's an amazing result.
1: She has been a Liberal. It's a, it is an amazing result. Um, I don't know that her policy concerns are exactly the same as the other independents that have had the high profile coverage. I'm not clear what her policy concerns are, except you know a highly multicultural cost of living issue uh, electorate so hard to say
0: i I sent her a request for an interview at some time i said you know once media dies down maybe in a week or so um Mm. just simply because something that i've always said is that labor are not immune to the growth of this um participatory democracy no not at all
1: And,
0: and my take on it is is that when I look at how a lot of the voices groups have gone, you know, they've gone through their kitchen tables and things like that, and then they've gone to the local member. And one of the things that often prompts them to run a candidate is being dismissed. And and my take on that is, well, Labor should just (laughs) embrace it and and use it as a strength because it's a connection into community. And if they do engage with these voices groups, they probably won't run. (laughs) So it's... um, I'm hoping that that stands as a little bit. I mean, she's not a voices candidate, obviously, but um, mm. I'm hoping mm. that that flicks a light for them because she is still a community candidate. There's no doubt about that.
1: And she's very well known uh, yeah. in that community. She hasn't had to build a profile like some of the others have had to. I must say, I find Monique Ryan extremely impressive. No matter what questions she's asked, <laughs> she has. Um, well, it seems to me pretty much perfect answers well, given her given her position.
0: It's not brain surgery and she is a brain surgeon. So <laughs> there you go. Look, that campaign there, um, their ground game was spectacular. Mm, you know, I
1: know it, people, it, it, I know some people who worked on it. They said so
0: too. Uh, it was just, it reminded me of Indai in 2013. It was energetic. It was creative. It was... Uh, R- quick responses to things that were happening on the yeah. ground. Um, yeah, it just had that same vibe about it. Yeah, it wasn't quite as well organised as say Goldstein and Zoe, like they were just super organised with their media. You'd expect, right? Yes, yes. But that 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 ground game in Kuyong just blew me away, and it blew Josh away, obviously. And I saw a tweet earlier. Um, I might have it up actually. Um. Just wait for the from um, Brett Hodgson. From oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's just a pile of of Josh Rydenberg corflutes thrown out <laughs> on the street. <laughs> well, do you know,
1: I I uh, caught up with a friend of a friend friends friends one of whom is a retired Dominican nun who was in Monique Rise campaign. <laughs> Never been an activist before but was so um, enthused by this community upswell, if there's such a word, um, that she just felt that she wanted to contribute. And she's in her 80s and I just thought that was just a fantastic symbol of the way people came together around Monique and and, and um, Zoe and, and the others.
0: Well, I, th- I think that's actually quite a that's a feature of a lot of these uh uh voices campaigns community campaigns mm-hmm. is that they do mm-hmm. spread across those age groups so uh, look when i the first time i went down to wan right alex dyson had i think about 12 volunteers yes. and he said there i was there i didn't count people but i just noticed it wasn't a big group and he said there were about 18 people there that were just interested so mm. when alex ran in 2019 it was he had a <laughs> for the whole campaign he got 10 percent, and he had 10 volunteers yes. right? and they were all young basically yeah but, but what 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 the voices group did for him was it, it gave him um volunteers and people from across the whole um you know all age brackets and it just was he just ran a much more um uh what would you say expansive campaign in terms of the people he could reach Yeah. So, so what Well your... I
1: like the way I like the way uh Monique said this morning in media that um the demographics of Kuyong have changed and you know you've got to pay attention to young people who really, really care about climate change. But she went on to make the point that so do older people. Um and that's been a bit overlooked, I think, in the campaign so far. Yeah, oh, actually it's finished. Demo- it's some- finished. <laughs> yeah.
0: Some, someone someone this morning said to me, um, that the demographics of this electorate have changed as well. And have they? Uh well, yeah, they probably have. I haven't been here really long enough to tell. He he's grew up in Wangaratta and and has lived uh-huh. in the area all his life.
1: Uh-huh. And
0: um his take on it is is that there's just so much more uh sort of hobby farms around and people coming from the city um putting up bed and breakfasts and small businesses and things like that. So mm-hmm. he's probably mm-hmm. right to a degree. Um, so, what was your favourite seat? What was the one that you really wanted to get over the line that got over the line?
1: Oh my gosh! Oh, I needed more than one. I really needed more than one. <laughs> okay, but give, me, give think, me a
0: couple. <laughs> but a couple.
1: no, I think I think Koo Yong. I, I think Koo Yong because um, there was that sense of entitlement. There was that it's his destiny to be prime minister and. Or maybe Goldstein. Now, see, I'm um, both those, both those together because um, Tim Wilson, I think, is the worst kind of politician that the Liberals embody. In uh, that, again, that sense, enti- <laughs> that sense of entitlement, that sense of um, that swaggering no all, um, take no prisoners. You know, the abuse of parliamentary committee processes to run that franking credits inquiry yeah. and distort the truth and the whole election campaign. could He couldn't have been brought down a peg better, in my
0: opinion. But, and his whole career has been a distortion, you know. Like even today on the TV, they're calling him a moderate and it's like Tim Wilson's never oh, been a moderate. He's, not, he's hard pretty. right, it's, you know. Well, the, the, he's, it, well, he's
1: a funny libertarian-authoritarian mix, isn't he?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, but he's a libertarian of convenience.
1: Yeah, really? possibly. Oh, mm.
0: now my phone is ringing. That's no good. I should turn that down. Um, yeah, he's a yeah. Anyway, I'm glad he's gone. I was I was horrified when he when he was sort of dropped into Goldstein, and I'm really pleased that he's gone. now. So, <laughs> mm. I, th- I think yes,
1: my- I don't, I don't like how any major party um, picks someone from. Early days, and then just gives them sinecure after sinecure after sinecure, like for him, the human rights commission i p a human rights commission um, goldstein, and now he 's gone, but look how many years he's had of being supported by uh, public
0: curse I, I, I suspect what um what it really shows is that these these guys were dropped into safe seats, they expected they'd be for life, and they really had no idea how to campaign and really didn't understand their electorate's either, a bit like Sophie Mirabella. Yeah,
1: that's a good example. Yeah, um, good example.
0: Yeah, they were. were, Well, that was the
1: um, one we wanted to. If you did ask me that election, what one do you really want to get over the line? I was. I think three quarters of Australia would have said the defeat of Sophie Mirabella. (laughs) She had a unique way of uniting people in disgust. (laughs) Yes,
0: yes, yes. I know. Actually, so those
1: would be two. But look, there are lots. I'm. I'm just pleased for so many people. I had not seen that Labor candidate for tagging before and to hear his story um his name's lim or sam lim i think oh the Met dolphin para- man yeah the, dolphin. the paramedic. Was great. Yeah. The dolphin <laughs> and to hear his to hear his story and accrediting sorry crediting his um resilience to being brought up in poverty with earthen floors to think that um you know asian australian could make it that way in that electorate, which I think the Scott Morrison clone of Ben Morton probably was unsuited for, but again, dropped in uh, probably to think about having, you know, a long-time career. I think that was a lovely victory and I didn't know anything about him, but I think he's going to be such a wonderful addition to the Parliament.
0: Well, the whole Deves thing backfired, that's for sure, mm-hmm. which I'm sure. glad it backfired. Um
1: well Scott Morrison's getting his just dessert really because he decided now what sort of morality is involved in throwing moderates under the bus in order to dog whistle to people um of faith many kinds of faith in the in the outer suburbs in the hope that that'll get you over the line even even though you're going to lose these so-called moderates in the meantime what sort of what sort of person Thinks that's a moral strategy.
0: Remember, I, I said to you that when when um, uh, Kimberly Kitching died and the Liberals went hard after after Labor on it, and I said they're, they're not winning votes there; they're shifting them. So look for Green marginals where they think they can flip it to, to the Greens, and then yeah. going for a hung Parliament. I think I think Gough proven right. I think they. Are, I think Morrison is Machiavellian.
1: Absolutely. There's, is there a figure worse than a Machiavelli? I think it is. <laughs> We've seen nothing like that in Australia. And I really hope they elect Peter Dutton as leader because <laughs> Labour and the crossbenchers will be there for a long time to come.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm hoping to. I tweeted that earlier <laughs> myself. I hope they put Dutton as leader. That would be a blessing for 2025.
1: I mean, he'll be a Tony Abbott style opposition leader, but. Could not be more wrong for the times than that.
0: Did we get to the bottom of the boat? You know, the boat on election day from Sri Lanka? No,
1: I haven't heard, haven't heard another word, have you? No. But no. I do hope but it comes I, I, up. At, I hope somebody, um, some of the crossbench asked a question at, at Senate Estimates. Because this yeah, time so there'll be I. Labor Ministers in the chair at Senate Estimates, so... Um, at least they'll be able to say, well, it wasn't our idea. But, yeah, someone will have to pursue it
0: for sure. It was such a low, I mean, it, it was obviously, uh, well, you know, either the well, have been coming all the time and they just decided to let this one, mm-hmm. you know, speak yeah. about on water matters or yes. they set it up. <laughs> it, it, it's one of those two things. So I think, you know,
1: Well, Karen Middleton, Carol Middleton, Karen Middleton from the Saturday paper uh, was on the record saying that she'd been tipped off, that this was being facilitated um, to turn up as an election stunt.
0: Mm. Well, I think we'll hear more about it then in that case. I, I hope can't so. not imagine Karen Middleton letting it go.
1: No, no, no. And I don't believe that she would, um, she's not a Murdoch journalist. She wouldn't be writing that if that was not something that she'd been able to verify.
0: Murdoch Sky. I I haven't watched it, but I've been listening to little snippets of it and what people have been saying. <laughs> count, so I can't. I so don't it's... watch
1: it. Oh good. <laughs> oh good. Good. Good.
0: So, um, there was the, the, a
1: fabulous the, photo of Peter Credlin after the after it was declared that um, the Liberals could not reach the numbers no matter what. Somebody somebody took the most amazing photo of Peter Credlin um, on I Sky. I saw that screenshot.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's um. I mean, their idea is is that the solution to being too hard right is to go even further right.
1: That's exactly right. Well, let's let <laughs> them. Shall we let them? I uh, mean, I, I doesn't, so. Bridget, doesn't Bridget Archer show that having the guts to speak up against really bad policy actually works for your constituents?
0: Yeah, um, I... I... Noted that this morning someone said she's having a tip for leadership. She might.
1: She said she might. Yeah. No deputy leadership.
0: Deputy leadership was it? Mm-hmm. That's, that, mm. that would be. An, I don't think she'll get it. Um, no,
1: there'd be too much resentment about her.
0: Yeah, in the but, in um, the rump
1: that's left.
0: Yeah. I I, I I have a feeling she may end up sitting on the crossbench, especially if Dutton becomes a leader.
1: Hmm. It will be interesting. It will be, I think it'll be a big call for her. She keeps talking about the party of Menzies, but it ain't no party of Menzies sitting there at the moment. No, no. And I'm glad that Kate Cheney got elected too. Well, I think she's going to be. She's being counted, I think,
0: on the crossbench. Yeah. yeah um, I know Margot this morning said that she rang her to congratulate her and. Kate Cheney said that I'm not there yet. Mm. (laughs) So Mm. whether that's just you know being ultra cautious or, um, Mm. but I I think that was actually I I was confident of two seats and that was Goldstein and Curtin. Those were the only two seats that I was really about. Yeah, Yeah. these the rest of them kind of blew me away a bit. I I was I was relatively confident about McKellar. That was one I was most confident about in Sydney.
1: Well, that's the one that slipped under the radar for me. I saw it being written about and I just thought, could it spread that far? And it did. Um, and, gosh, that's one less pale, male, stale, liberal, know-it-all. Yes. Know-it-all. He's quite a know-it-all, that one.
0: And, uh, gone. And young Alex Alex Dyson, I didn't think he'd win, although he's still in the race, a long, long shot. Um but I, I I thought that it it, it was good for another ten percent. So we'd get to about twenty and that's about where he's sitting right now on mm. primary. Mm. So it's, so, mm. um, so what's your hope for this new parliament then? We'll finish hope up with for,
1: that. My hope for this new parliament is that they reform question time so that uh, we don't have the a repeat of the old style politics of Dorothy Dixes and slamming around the head and never answering a question because what's going to remind us more than anything that nothing's changed, an old-style question time? They need to reform the way some of the processes of parliament work so that there are more um, um, independent members' bills that get up for debate rather than squashing them, letting them get on the notice paper but never getting up for debate. So I hope that they're able to extract... um, more of those, because I think they will reflect different um, policy areas from the labor and liberal um people that have been there for a long time, and I just hope that it is a civil friendly. Consultative Parliament, because that would just mean everything, and that would say so much to Australia after ten years of cultural culture wars and eroding everything that used to be a check and balance towards autocratic power, which I, you know, authoritarianism, which I think uh, Morrison had in spades.
0: Yeah, so my favourite moments actually already happened before. <laughs> part of <the> <laughs> what are they? Anthony Albanese's speech. His acceptance. That was speech, a lovely speech. Putting putting the Uluru statement from the first. Host, yeah. First, I, I just I I love that. I thought well, that was brilliant.
1: I liked a lot of it. I know he means that. I thought this person we saw in the speech was the one that I was hoping. Hoped we would get in the campaign but obviously you know that that Murdoch press hostage holding where you can't say anything that's not going to be distorted and beaten up which I think was a straight jacket on Julia Gillard as well that yeah. the real oh, we shouldn't talk about the real Julia but Anthony Albanese in that speech and yesterday at the cafe and um my daughter showed me last night um the clip he did with Senator Briggs, remember that? I think it was on Charlie Pickering, but where he was riding around in one of those oh, bike cart things with Senator Briggs. It is so funny and natural and it deserves to be replayed so that people can see the the fun that Anthony Albanese can bring to politics too, the twinkle in the eye, Albanese. Yeah, it could be
0: a cheeky bugger, I like know that. He you know, you can. Know. You know where I think the campaign really changed was when he did that presser down in Marrickville, um, the charity, I've forgotten the name of it. The, yes. The, 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 you know where with all the his charities own. Are. Yeah. yeah.
1: With I Craig got Foster?
0: Feel, yeah, yeah. I, I, got, I got a feeling that the, he's, something changed there that day. I can't quite put my finger on it. But after that that particular, and he connected with the people down there as well, with the media, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, but what about yesterday changed? when he
1: was leaving home to go for coffee and all his neighbours were out in the street on both sides all looking and clapping and calling out to him?
0: <laughs> I didn't see that. I, I've got yeah. to admit, yesterday, I, after Saturday night, I, I had a sore back from driving and 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 that's I, I spent yesterday in bed <laughs> so I didn't turn the TV on. Well, unfortunately
1: for all those people that just got elected, they couldn't do that. That's how brutal (laughs) politics is now. You can't even get a sleep in after six weeks of of absolute toil and mental, mental exhaustion.
0: I know. There's a a bunch of people that I want to talk to and I'm thinking, I might just leave it a couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, let them (laughs) recover. Let them recover. Well, I probably wouldn't get close to them at the moment anyway. Mm. (laughs) So... It's, um, look, it's been lovely to chat to you, Cheryl. Thank you. It's and been I, a
1: it, – finally we can talk about in good times. It's not doom and gloom. There is really is hope on the
0: horizon for, yep.
1: I, I think, a better parliament and um, from that lots of better things for Australia.
0: I agree. And I'm still hoping for majority government. Um, mm.
1: And for the like, reasons we said.
0: Yeah, <laughs> And and look, I, I, I hope maybe we can chat again after the first sitting of Parliament. I think that'd sure. be really interesting. So Okay. Okay, thanks for taking You it.
1: find me. All right. You're welcome. Thanks, Bye.
0: Sarah. Thank you for listening and hope you enjoyed this Snaphips podcast. Until next time. Goodbye.